I had a very Advent conversation last week. Uh, It was me and a handful of clergy from the diocese, and we were at a little spot near St. John the Divine having lunch with Jonathan Eig. Eig is the author of a new biography about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, published earlier this year. Now, all of you who've been here a while know I'm, I'm not in the habit of giving book reviews from the pulpit, but put this one on your list. Uh, it's remarkable uh, for a, a number of reasons. Uh, there hasn't been a new biography of MLK out in almost 40 years, I think. And Jonathan spent uh, six years researching and interviewing people who actually knew Dr. King. Um, these are the very last firsthand tales that we'll have um, of this giant of our history, because even now a number of them have died since being interviewed for the book. But another notable piece of what's new in Eig's work is that his is the first to contain the recently declassified files from the FBI on Dr. King. Uh, you may have heard you know, in news articles and such that the FBI were spying on uh, him and were tapping his phone lines and his friends' phone lines, paying people off, um, doing whatever they could to discredit and remove Dr. King from the public scene. They threatened uh, to expose his many affairs with women in the hopes that he would kill himself. In Ig's book, We learn a lot about who Dr. King was, not just as an icon, but as a human, uh, full of the flaws and lusts and anxieties we all carry in different ways. So our clergy gathering talked of the past, uh, but then our conversation turned, as these conversations must do, to where we are now. We are all very aware that the work of Dr. King was never finished. How racism has turned more elusive, harder to legislate against, but is alive and well. And for one of my colleagues around the table, her question for this author was, how long? How long? How long is an Advent question? It's our season of waiting here. I told you last week, as we delved into our annual recounting of the apocalypse, uh, while the rest of the world goes overboard on the eggnog, that Advent is not really waiting for the birth of Christ. It's not looking back. It's waiting for what is to come for us. And not waiting for the presence. It's waiting for the resolution of the things that are greater and more intractable than we understand, waiting for racial equity and justice, waiting for the doctor to call with the test results, waiting for a solution to be able to afford the rent, waiting for ceasefire, waiting to find the person who will love you for exactly who you are, waiting Bated breath, leg tapping anxiously, that kind of waiting. It's this kind of anticipation that knows how great the problems are, how much we would have liked to avoid thinking about them, 
Advent teaches how to sit in this kind of waiting. We hear from Isaiah in the Old Testament this week. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Your penalty has been paid twice over. The rough places will be made smooth and accessible. The lowest and emptiest will be filled. The highest brought down to the rest of us, eye to eye. He says, this is what will happen. But this is not what Isaiah sees happen. This is what Isaiah waits for. I don't know if it's what everyone around the lunch table was waiting for. We were actually waiting for a sustained movement of justice that made us feel like real progress had been made. Like, like there was an answer to the problem. Like if we had just done better or listened harder or organized more efficiently, that the world would be the dream foretold by Dr. King. Don't we all keep waiting for the magic fix? The day when we'll wake up and somehow be all right? Don't we keep propping up a consumer industrial complex by buying things that promise to do this for us? But that's not what Isaiah says. He says, comfort. The Messiah is coming. And then he says, all flesh is grass. The grass fades, the flower withers. Who we are, our greatest heroes will wither with one blast of time's heat. But the word of God stands forever. Suddenly, the focus is no longer on you at all. And maybe that's not exactly comforting at face value. But it might be an answer to that endless question of how long. When Isaiah writes, it's exactly not about our own self-fulfillment or the Messiah coming and us suddenly getting everything we want in life as though there were one quick fix to this world. Maybe this isn't what you've been taught. Christians over time have loved to talk about the coming of Christ as a conquering army, quelching the insurrection, stamping out all evil, fixing the housing crisis, living wages for all, racial equity and justice, peace in the Middle East, peace in your hearts, whole and unbroken. But it's like we missed that first story of how God arrived to save us. A few blind people were healed, but not all blindness. The lame were made to walk, but there is still paraplegia. Diseases were healed, but COVID's still going strong out there. It is something to say that our greatest parts are as fleeting as the grass, that we give everything to this reconciling work and also know that we are like signposts. We haven't arrived yet. We're just pointing somewhere. We know we won't make it there in this life, 
We will never be the promise of God shining like with a godlike glow in this world. But we can make our fallible, anxious, flawed, and loving lives point somewhere. Someone around the lunch table asked the author how he felt about Dr. King after learning more than probably anyone else alive who he really was, knowing more than he could even put in a book. Had his feelings changed about this hero? He said, yeah. Everything he learned, the affairs, the drinking, the nervous breakdowns, made him feel sad for Dr. King. Not disappointed by him. Sad. Sorry. He thought for a moment and said, if anything, knowing all this made me love him more. Our leaders aren't gods. They're just people like you and me doing extraordinary things with the regular stuff of life. The grass fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it, but that burning glory was made for mortal, humble, flawed lives like ours. We are not the dream of the redeemed world, but it is the work of our lives to be pointing the way there. Amen.